0: Hi, I'm Billy Gwaltney and this is the CYA podcast. This show is for the physician who understands the importance of protecting everything you've worked so hard to achieve. Each week, I'll bring you tips and advice to help you cut through the clutter and misinformation and show you exactly what you need to preserve your income and way of life. If you're ready to achieve the peace of mind that only financial security can bring, let's get started. Hello, this is Billy Gwaltney. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets podcast. I'm your host and happy to be with you today. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the two types of disability policies. As a disability broker working with physicians across the country, if you're starting out your research and looking into the different options, uh, one of the common questions that comes up is how does it work? Is there more than one type of policy? And there is. There are two. The first one is what's called a group long-term disability policy, and the second one is a private individual policy. And while they both fall in the category of disability coverage, they function very differently. And we'll start with the group long-term disability policy, or LTD policy for short. This type of policy, the sponsor that is offering the policy owns the policy. It's either an employer or or an association, or the insurance company that's that's offering it through the employer or association, they own the policy. So if you're at an employer and uh, a university or a hospital, and they have a group LTD policy, if you have one of those, then the employer calls the shots on that. Technically, the, the insurance company would. If they want to walk away, they can. They uh, go through the employer, and the employer decides what the definitions will be, what the cap is, uh, how it's going to be structured, who's going to get it. They call the shots on that. The benefit of a group long-term disability policy is that it's available to everyone that's in the group, regardless of health. And so you don't have to do medical screening for it usually, although there's some association policies, uh, some medical associations that offer disability policies that are technically group long-term disability certificates And they may also uh, require medical screening to be able to get that policy. But it still falls in the group and functions similarly where the association calls the shots on that. The definitions can change. The terms can change. The benefit amount can change. And the policy can actually be discontinued. Again, the employer or the association would call uh, or would make the decision for that. If it's through an employer, the benefit, if it's received, would be taxable, to you, the participant, unless the cost for the policy is grossed up in your paycheck and you pay tax on that. Uh, That's a little bit complicated, perhaps, as I say that and you you hear that and go, what does that mean? I'd be happy to answer specific questions about that, but you'll want to look into your situation to see if they are grossing you up so that the benefit would be non-taxable. Otherwise, it would be taxable. There are a number of restrictions associated with group LTD policies, primarily because of what's called adverse selection, which, as I mentioned earlier, everybody, regardless of health, uh, is available or has the uh, option to have the policy or is covered by the policy. And that can be a good thing, at least on the surface. The downside to that is that insurance companies do everything they can to avoid adverse selection, which means having to cover everybody with the same policy and in order to do that, what they do to, to offset the risk is water down the definitions. And so these kind of policies don't have what's called the true specialty, own occupation definition of disability, the way it's defined in the second type of policy or individual policies. Even if they call it own occupation, what they mean by that is something significantly different. I've mentioned that or talked about that in other podcasts They're going to define occupation much more broadly, typically, like physician occupation or MD occupation, which has a much greater list of duties that you could perform. So the threshold for being considered disabled can be significantly higher. There's usually a dollar-for-dollar offset for other income that is earned while on claim, whether that be from workers' comp or Social Security or another job you might take if you're practicing in clinic and can't do that and you go teach, then generally that income would offset or reduce or eliminate your benefit from a group LTD policy. Also, there's I've never seen a group LTD policy that has a long-term recovery benefit. Uh, that's a vital benefit that pays if you medically recover from a disability and go back to work. But when you go back to work, your income does not recover to what it used to be. And that, that happens quite a bit. Again, group LTD policies and and the association equivalent of a group certificate, uh, I've not seen one yet that has a recovery benefit on it. There are often restrictions associated with collecting any residual benefits. This is really popular, I've noticed, with association policies where they require a period of total disability before they would allow you to be eligible to receive residual benefits, which are partial disability benefits. So in other words, if you're partially disabled, the policy would require you to be have a period of time of receiving benefits for being totally disabled first. And that's considered to be an out clause because it's very possible for someone to be partially disabled without ever having been totally disabled prior to that. So there, there are a number of horror stories associated with group LTD policies. Again, they're good because from the standpoint of if someone has a significant medical history, there's no medical screening required for that. It is generally more catastrophic uh, in nature in terms of what it's required to trigger a benefit. There are some stories. I'm coming out with a book in 2023 that will share some of the stories associated with group LTD policies and and people that have had to repay benefits after they received it because uh, uh, of an audit that the insurance company did, people that thought they were going to receive benefits and never got anything. It's more complicated. The second type of policy is the one that, that I broker with clients and the one that is important to, to consider having was called a private individual policy. If it's structured correctly, it would contain much stronger definitions. The first important part is that you, the insured own it. And so uh, it can't be taken away from you. Again, if it's structured properly, it would be non cancelable and guaranteed renewable or at least guaranteed renewable, which means that the insurance company could not change the definitions and they could not cancel the policy. And so as long as you pay the premium, you own it. It goes with you wherever you go. You make the decisions. You can walk away at any time, but the insurance company cannot. Again, if structured correctly, it would contain the true specialty on occupation definition of disability, which means if you can't do the specific duties you were doing prior to being disabled, then you're totally disabled for a policy benefit standpoint And then you could go work in a different occupation like teach or consult and make an unlimited income from doing that and it would not impact your disability benefit. There's would be no offset for other income earned. It also would include or should include what's called an enhanced residual or enhanced partial disability benefit that would pay for partial disabilities without requiring being totally disabled first. And it would also include a long-term recovery benefit that again pays if you return to work after being disabled, but your income uh, still suffers. There usually is medical screening, or at least some type of medical screening required for this coverage up front. Often they waive the insurance physical, but they do they do ask medical questions and and can do a script check and you sign a HIPAA. So it is something that does require you to be healthy-ish typically to get it. I've done other podcasts on the, on the medical underwriting aspect of these kinds of policies. So check that out and happy to answer more questions related to that if you have them. But this would be the, the private individual policy is the one that you would want to focus on to get while you're in training to keep with you throughout your career. If it's structured properly, it would also include what's called a future insurability option or a benefit increase rider that allows you to increase coverage as your career expands in order for your coverage to keep pace with where your income is. That's important because if it's again if it's done correctly the definitions would be locked in so when you go to increase you know the you're going to get the same comprehensive definitions, the rate structure would be guaranteed so you know you're going to get the trainee discount and there's no additional medical screening required at that time. So that's going to be the Ideally would be the foundation of your financial plan, of your insurance, your disability coverage. And then if an employer offers you a group LTD, the first type we talked about, you take it and it's kind of icing on the cake. If there is a a significant or catastrophic type disability, then that would hopefully be there but you're not relying on the group policy as your primary means of paying bills if you're disabled, that that would likely get painful pretty quick. So hope you found this helpful. would be happy to answer additional questions or specific questions related to your situation. If you have those, feel free to text me anytime to arrange a call. Uh, my number is 704-270-2376. Again, that's 704-270-2376. And we'd be happy to help. Until we meet again, this is Billy Gwaltney. Thank you as always for your time. This is the podcastfactory.com.